Lucas, what's up, man? Have you recovered? Yeah, almost. I'm getting there. Not not completely recovered. Traveling kicks my ass. Like there's there's a reason I don't like to fly. Uh, I think flying today is uh, the equivalent of a Greyhound bus in the '80s. It sucks. I mean, the seats are too small. Like, how do bigger people even fly in regular coach? I can't even barely fit down the aisle. That's why I sit I'm not on a, the aisle I'm not seat. A big guy. I always sit in the aisle seat. Oh, crazy. That way I can lean that way or whatever. Yeah. The windows are okay. Sometimes you get lucky and you, you have a space or you have three seats. But yeah, it's um until teleportation becomes a thing. Yeah, we probably gotta do it that way. But um, I have a funny story about my flight, and we're gonna talk about that in a bit. Uh, we this podcast is all gonna be about uh the raw nationals. I think we should just drop that intro, get right into it, and get chatting about it. Fair I think, list. and I I always struggle to search for the intro, but here it is. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this grabbing Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Hundred bucks right here, hundred dollar throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like this. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro is the glory, but E buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 240. That's right. We're 10 away from 250. I think that's a pretty good milestone that I'll celebrate. Um, 10 more episodes and we're at 250. But uh, this week, we're talking about the 2023 Raw 1 HCL Fuel Nationals. And joining me to talk about this, who is a man who is extremely busy at this race. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Uh, and a good friend of mine who works at Beach RC and is just an RC fanatic like myself lucas lauren how how are you lucas fantastic how are you i'm i'm recovering uh, a little bit you know i didn't have to go work like you did but definitely recovering um but it was good to see you at the race i every time i saw you you were super busy when i talk about that i want to just say some thank yous and all this stuff because this 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 is just going to be a straight up race recap we're not going to do any segments nothing we're just going to talk about it we have some notes and we're just going to go in it next week. We'll drop a full nerdy podcast. I'm sure Max will be on and we'll go deep into all that type of stuff. But I wanted to say thank before we get started. I just want to say thank you to uh, all of the NNRC squad around the world, man. Honestly, uh, all of you, all of you make it possible for this to happen. Uh, all of the people that came up uh, and shook my hand and I did get outside. 
uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I don't remember. I can't. As soon as I don't remember, I remember your faces. I don't remember all the names. But thank you if you came up and shook my hand and offered me a water. I, I know Clay Keats offered me some tamales. I didn't get to eat the tamales because I was so busy. But uh, thank you for everybody who showed me some love because honestly, none of this would be possible without you guys. So I greatly appreciate that. And all the people that kind of just hung out with me in the chat for three days. I appreciate it too. You guys definitely made it entertaining. Thank you to the NNRC patrons. You guys will get early release of this podcast. Thank you for all the support. If you wish to be a patron, you can. The link is in the written description along with the link for the YouTube membership. If that's your cup of tea, thank you to those guys as well. And of course, we have sponsors and companies that support this podcast. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Padal USA, Side One of Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayaku, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, getting my truck soon, getting excited about that. Racecraft USA. A shout out to Carl RC for their support. WRCE Danny Paz, awesome dude. Uh, HOC, uh, House of RC. And a shout out to our drivers, David Ronafolk, Jerry Tebow, Robert Betty, and Alexander Hagberg. And good luck to Ronafolk and everybody and, and Robert that are going to the e Muggy Euros this weekend. That coverage will start. And this comes out Friday. So that will be by RC Racing TV. I'll be geeking out on eBuggy because that's going to pay some bills this week. Weekend. Uh, some quick shout outs. Uh, I want to shout out to BJ Williams. He's been helping me out with the notes. He's an RC racer. The great statistician. Definitely helped me out throughout the uh, throughout the weekend, giving me all the stats. He's got some, he's recovering from knee injury and he needs surgery or has had surgery. Uh, we have a GoFund set up for him. Uh, so you can check that out. And help him out every little bit helps. Uh, once again, uh, rest in peace to Jeff Berlin, who passed away just before I went to the Nationals. I was very shocked about that, actually. Uh, they have a GoFund for him, as well as Stu Trotter, who was buried, I think, this past weekend. It looked like it was a great ceremony, sad ceremony. They have a GoFund for him, for his young son, Ryder, and his wife, Katie. So if you guys can help out a little bit, I have links for all of that in the description. And like I said, we're not going into any commercial breaks, anything this weekend. We're just going to right into the nitty gritty of all of this. But uh, yeah, welcome, Lucas. You are a busy man. We both attended the 2023 Raw 1-8 scale fuel nationals held at the Silver Dollar RC Raceway in Chico, California. And man, it was I think it was a, a damn good event. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was I would prefer the 95 degrees or whatever that we had there right now with zero humidity compared to what I came home to. It's like, a, it's so hot her, So hot her. But yeah, Lucas, um, your first time flying in quite some time or, fl- or going to a nationals, uh, you just express your feelings about traveling on a plane. I, I really can't say anything. I've been doing it so much. I have my little, my ways of doing things. But I have a funny story. So I've been, traveled quite a lot over the last year and a half, and I've traveled quite a lot over the last six years, and I've never had this happen. Uh, I was actually in a middle seat, so I went and I actually, so this is what I do. I just went up to the the people at the gate, the ladies at the gate, and I said, look, ma'am, I know this flight's full, and I, I know there's always some seats always stashed off, right? Probably right in the back. And I said, look, ma'am, I don't think it's comfortable for anybody if I'm in the middle seat. I said, I'll be comfortable. But I don't think the people on the two sides of me will be comfortable. And they, they, she just looked at me. And she's like, yeah, I understand. She goes, look, we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. And so when I went on the plane, uh, they gave me a different ticket. And it was right at the rear, rear of the car, of the plane, which is fine. I don't mind that. And I was sitting in the aisle and it was this lady. Uh, she was an Arabic lady and her son, who was uh, younger. And this poor lady, she had so much stuff trying to carry on. People had to literally help her 
She's like last on the plane. And people that were sitting way up front helped her bring all her stuff in. And for the first part of the flight, the, the son, he was, has a little heart problem too, she told me. So he was really small, but super active. He, he was asleep. And then he woke up for like the second half. And I was kind of just helping her with him and what. And I remember saying to myself, man, I hope this kid doesn't throw up on me because it was kind of bumpy and all this type of stuff. Little did I know as we are about landing into, I flew into San Francisco, by the way. So as we're landing into San Francisco, it was a little bit choppy. And she looks at me like, what? We're like 20 seconds from touching on. She goes, I need a bag. Can you tell the stewardess I need a bag? And I'm like, what, the fuck? what do you need a bag for right now? She goes, I'm going to puke. And I was like, oh. I ripped the bag out of my front seat. And just as I'm handing it to her, she went, Bleh. and it went, luckily she went a little bit on the, on the seat. And then she went all down. But I was like the matrix. I was like, <sighs> like it was all slow motion, like projectile vomit. It just missed me. Nothing got on me. And then she was, she went in the bag and she's puking. She looks like, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, don't worry. Nothing got on me. Then like, you know, like, you'll, and nobody else is noticing this because the plane's like bucking and then it hits the ground and it was like, Oh shit, I think I'm gonna puke, right? <laughs> because she just made me sick. But luckily I didn't. I got up, I helped her clean, but dude, I was and then I helped, like honestly, I helped the lady off there. I was we were the last people off the plane, helped her take all our stuff off. And it was great because when I got down to get my bag, it was there waiting for me. So I didn't have to wait for anything. I have to say this: the airport in San Francisco, San Francisco is unlike any airport I've ever seen. It was actually very quiet, very organized. It was not very busy. It was very fast to get through. And I enjoyed it. But yeah, that poor lady, she puked. And that's the first time it's ever happened to me. Where did you fly? You flew from Atlanta, from Myrtle Beach to Atlanta to Sacramento? Yeah, I sure did. <clears throat> Brent had to fly to Seattle, I believe. Atlanta to Seattle to uh, Chico. So, Oh, you guys didn't fly in... I Okay, yeah, so you flew. He, he bought he bought flights at different times. So uh, okay, uh, didn't he get uh, bumped or something, or miss his flight or something, or something happened? Where he got they the lost bag? his bag. Uh, when did yeah. he get it then? Uh, later that evening. So okay. Cole Ogden was coming in later. Uh, he picked up Brent's bag. So, okay, yeah. Where did you guys stay? I didn't even know where you stayed. Oh, we had an awesome B and B or Airbnb, whatever. So when I go. To races and know I'm having to stay in a hotel. I'm usually sharing with some guys or whatever. Um, so I was, you know, just expect a bunch of dudes sleeping on air mattresses, snoring together, you know, just, you know, I don't have the, the highest, the highest standard when it comes to having to stay in hotels with people. Um, so, you know, I'm figuring we're fucked. <laughs> 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 Get to the Airbnb. This thing's got five bedrooms. Oh, nice. Four bathrooms. Uh, like three rooms had their own bathroom. So everybody there had their own room. Nobody sleeping on a couch or or air mattresses or anything. It was it was fantastic. It was like almost like a meant for like college kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean you couldn't ask for a better place. It, you know, super Who stayed with super you? nice. So Ogden stayed, um, Cody Thompson, um, TJ, oh Daniel, uh, the, the hot the hot race guys, Brent, oh my gosh. and me, and then was you know, um Pavitas there then? Uh, no. Okay, so no, you Pavitas. had a bunch of guys that like to drink beer. With you. Oh yeah, yeah, they were partying every night. Oh we all partied, but I tended to go to bed early. Man, those days kicked my ass, and they weren't even that. Well, the first day was pretty long. So 
like I said, I flew into San Francisco and my buddy Jeremy or uh, uh, Jeremy Vitug, who's like uh, on the NNRC Discord, he's like, hey, dude, are you coming into San, you're coming into San Francisco? If you need a lift, let me know. And I said, sure. So I actually spent the night and I got there like six, seven in the evening. And I was so tired because my travel day started at like 3 a.m. driving over the mountain. Uh, so I just spent the night in a hotel not cl- very close to the airport. Jeremy came pick me up around uh, 10, I think. And uh, he took me on a little tour of San Francisco, took me across the Golden Gate Bridge, all that type of stuff. I really appreciated it because I, I've never seen this city. And then we drove up to Chico and we just geeked out on RC on the way up there just talking and really nice dude. So I want to say thank you to Jeremy. He actually took me back as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, took him to his house, met his parents. Just a, a really good dude. Loves RC, loves Chico. Loves his uh, A-Main track. I don't blame him. It's a really great track. And then I actually stayed on an Airbnb. And I always seem to stay with the same people. So it's my buddy Axel, who's like six foot ten. Then it's my buddy Chris Morali, who's like super science mode. And he's small. So I call it Team 1.0 because Axel's one. Uh, Chris is point. And then I'm obviously the zero. Because my wife always says, you always have tall friends. And you look like the number 10 walking on. So it's Team 1.0. Me and Chris and Axel stayed together at DNC. We, Axel, Axel came out to the world, stayed there with me and Greg Degani. So it was Team 100 then. And then, um, yeah, it was a nice little Airbnb about five minutes away. We each had our own room. Chris and I had a share bathroom. Axel had his own bathroom. It was a nice little comfortable place. Axel had his dogs. Uh, Jessica was like a pit bull. She's a little skittish. Or she had been come from an, uh, like a, a people that met, mistreated her, but very beautiful dog. And he had his little chihuahua, Millie. So I like that. It was cool to have dogs. And yeah, Chico is a is a college town, I believe. So that's what one of the biggest economies there. So a lot of this is all students like that are renting it. But I must admit, man, I want to say thank you to Axel for renting that because oof, it it's nice to have your own room, your own little privacy. I mean, yes, you have to share a bathroom, but you would have to share a bathroom and sleep with a bunch of dudes on air mattresses, which ain't really that comfortable as people believe. They work, but they ain't that comfortable. But uh, yeah, really great accommodations. Very close to the track. Was able to get my Chris knows the deal. Every morning we go get Starbucks. It's it's mandatory. And was a very quick commute to uh, cheek uh, to Silver Dollar. So that was always awesome. Airbnbs have definitely improved the quality of traveling traveling period, but definitely traveling uh, to RC races because you have so much space, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of what we exclusively do. Sometimes it's great when it's a hotel when it's just two people. Or yourself, right? That when, it, when it's like that, it's very good. But uh, obviously, I went there to work for Live RC, which I thank them for going there for letting me go there. You went to do your own thing. You was there. Oh my god! I don't even want to know how much footage you got because every time I saw you, you was recording, you was doing something, you was showing me different things. Uh, tell us a little before we get in. Tell us about what you actually got, what you have planned before that, before that footage. Well, <clears throat> so. Brent Brent's been bugging me to go travel with him somewhere as long mm-hmm. as I've worked for him, and we never really do unless it's with the trailer. So he he wanted me to go to you know the West Coast or do something. So finally, since all the mask and COVID and crazy stuff is over with, I was like, all right, you know, I'm ready to fly. I've always wanted to go to the Nationals, you know. So I was like, all right, I want to go to Nationals or I want to go to the World's Tent Scale. So we decided to do the Nationals. Um, so flew to California for my first time. It was really cool. I've always wanted to go to California and check it out. Um, 
well, I saw the Chico part um, in Sacramento. I pretty nice, honestly. And I mean, I don't know about living there, but everything seemed really nice. So basically, I went there mostly just to kind of take a vacation and go go watch Nationals for the first time. Um, but since I was going to be there, I figured I'd go ahead and try to shoot some videos so I can do another documentary. Um, so I, I, I planned for about a month, like what I was going to do, who I was going to cover, I contacted people. Um, and so I just went there and just shot as much video as I could. Um, I learned from the last one that I made, um, the fall Barrella documentary. You want to shoot more video than you need. So I've just, just kept shooting, shooting video as much as possible. Um, and honestly, in hindsight, I still don't feel like maybe I, I shot enough. <laughs> you just need, you need way too much to really no, get hey. a good story. Dude, you was it, busy. You yeah. was, every time I saw you, you was, I did not see you just, I did see you pit somebody, but I, every time I saw you, you had the camera and you had your microphones and you was doing some stuff you need to send me the link for that uh tripod and that yes that mach- other that battery thing that you had for the oh, gopro yeah, yeah. because that makes we, we both saw real like i was like wow lucas that's such a smart idea i said because my arm gets so tired mm-hmm. and i'm holding it up and you're like mine yeah. does too i was like but at least you can switch i'm just like yeah so that tripod and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. a long interview it's all steady at first and it's like oh, oh. <laughs> yep. anything you hold in your hand you know it gets heavy after a while, and no matter what it is, you know, you can yeah. take a pillow and hold it like this for ten minutes. That pillow gets really freaking heavy. So I know, I know. Yeah. Tripods. And that lanyard help. thing for the microphone was genius. Like, yeah. thank that was like. See, that's what I like. Like, I'm always trying to learn new tips and tricks, and you showed me two things, three things that I was like, Ooh, I'm implementing that in my next. When I do, because I suffer from the same issue, right? Mm-hmm. So what is going to be your focus on this? Uh, is it just the nationals period? Um, or yeah, like I mean, your you travels know, there or, or like a certain person or have you, have you decided yet? Well, I covered, uh, I covered Cole Ogden, Dakota Fend and uh, Camden Lime. Okay. Um, so All those are my choices. three guys I followed throughout the weekend. Um, and, you know, it's going to be about the nationals in general, but it will be mm-hmm. focusing on those three guys how they got through it, you know, their experience. Um, I'm not going to really be in it or anything. It's not going to be like a vlog. It's going to try to, hopefully I just kind of switched over all my files yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. It took about an hour and a half to, you know, switch them all over. I got almost like a half terabyte of video. So it's, it's quite a bit, you know, it's That's almost 500 gigabytes of, or wait, 500,000 gigabytes of <laughs> video. <laughs> so I got it like, go through all that stuff, organize it. You know, obviously I'm going to have to watch most of it. So I know what I have. And then I got to start using my imagination to figure out how to put it all together and, and make a story out of it. Cause you know, also I'm going to, I'm going to have to do the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Or get doing, chat AI to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little old for that. You know, <laughs> it's, um, I'm, I'm lucky to to even be able to use technology, but it's not that hard. It's not no, that hard, no chat GPT for me. I'm not not there yet. You know, I, I like to kind of keep it simple um, mm. and raw, you know, in a day I'm still using just GoPros, you know, I don't even have a real camera. So I like to keep it simple. Uh, too many options, too many features. Uh, I might get lost in all those things. So I agree with keep you. Everything I agree. Really my GoPro. 
and my my GoPro, my video, my phone, and then my I use my my video camera uh for grabbing laps because it zooms in pretty good and all that stuff and it's more easy to control. That's all I and my my now my probably the best thing that I've bought in a long time was used the first one I bought it was my DJI mics. Love those things. They're super versatile. I love them. Love them. Those and, things are fantastic. Yes, love them. Definitely it was they were worth every three hundred all three hundred and seventy dollars. So 100%. I definitely and you can use them so in so many different things. Oh you know, yeah you, they're great. So uh like I said I was there for live RC I so here's me go quick. I thought Scotty was gonna be there, right? But Scotty, when I get there, they're like, nope, no Scotty. And I was like, what? He was at the ETS over in the Netherlands, which is his the electric touring car series that he has. So he was there for that. And then Charlie Swanka was actually supposed to come and be like a host, co-host with me. And he got in a bicycle accident and broke his clavicle. So clavicle injuries was a thing apparently this weekend because there were other RC drivers that had clavicle injuries yeah, as well. Sure did. Who is um, that? Who's that guy you just mentioned? Charlie Swanka. Yes, so is Charlie he? is you would like Charlie. He's he's been on the podcast before. Okay. And he is he used to do color commentary with Scotty back in the day. I think they did the first ever, like the 2008 Worlds. Yeah. Uh, he he works for Hobby Wing. Okay, he's, yeah, I, uh, I remember he's, now. Yeah, he's just been. He used to work for Novak. He's just been in the industry, working in the industry. Yeah, geeks out on RC podcast. Yeah, geeks out on RC and just a good dude. And I think it would have been fun to work with him because he's very funny. You know, he's he's very colorful and funny. And unfortunately, he got in a bicycle accident and broke his clavicle. But none of these guys are good as me. I really broke my clavicle and messed my stuff right. I broke my clavicle so bad that my my arm was paralyzed. But um. Safanela had a clavicle injury from mm-hmm. paddle bikes. And then my buddy Brandon Corin had the same thing. Like, but he had he said, but not from paddle bikes, from he said it happened at work. I think it was a clavicle, he pulled some muscles or whatever. So clavicle injuries, shoulder injuries was a thing at this world, this nationals. So when they said, yeah, and it was just me, the producer Cam, and Lucas, other another Lucas on the camera. And they were like, Yeah, we have another camera guy coming Friday afternoon. They're like, yeah, we're just trying to do, we're just planning to do stuff, but no, it's just you. I was like, let's do it. Whatever we got to do, let's do it. I said, I will talk. I'll go do the interviews. We did all the interviews, like on the, like the, this, whatever. We thought of different things to do. Did all of that, I think, on a Thursday. And dude, I literally, I just did a three day podcast pretty much with some race calling involved in it. And I'm not going to lie. I was, I was, I have a new utmost respect for guys like Scotty and, Nick Damon, who do these events on their own, because that was a lot of talking. But it was fun. The chat was exciting. I uh, enjoyed it. And I, I I know you were supposed to come in. You came in. Here's the thing. I invited a lot of people to come, and I said, just come, and then they will come, and I'll be busy. Uh, Brent did come in for a little while. And I think, like, one guy was like, yeah, I'll come in. I used to be, I did, R, I do RD here. But when he saw what I was doing, he was like, yeah, that's a little different from RD. And, like, you know, <laughs> and he never came back. So, I get it. Some people get intimidated by that. Some people can do the RD stuff. And it's not like, it's not just about like, and you're not looking at some of these practice sessions and qualifiers and stuff like that. It's not always about what's going on on the race. It's like, I kind of save that for the racing as well. And luckily I had to practice at the race in Portugal going solo. So I was able to do it. Uh, I, I still, every chance I get to do something like this, I, I look at it as a way to, learn something, hone my craft, see what works. 
um, you know, do stuff like that, get better because this is something that uh, you have to work on constantly. So I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of work, dude. I, like I got home, like I think Friday night after. So I was just like, I didn't want to talk. And that's <laughs> like me not wanting to talk. Imagine that. So uh, yeah, it was, it was. And also I was not, people may think, oh yeah, like you're up in the RD booth. Nope. I'm in the, in the dungeon down there. Like that's where like Kendall and all the guys are pit. Next, I guess the personal pit spot down there. So I'm just looking at two screens. I'm looking at the screen with the race. I'm looking at the screen with scoring and I'm looking at the chat three screens. Sorry. So that's where I was for three days. I think I only took breaks to come get lunch. Maybe go drop a piss once in a while. Uh, and that's about it. I spent the entire weekend in there uh, doing the race. So thank you to Live RC. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you to everybody that supported me and sent me kind words of uh, encouragement. Uh, that's always appreciated. And and I'll be doing this again, I think, at Wicked Weekend. I'll be commenta- commentating at Wicked Weekend in July. Live RC is right. going there? No, I'm going with Danny. Okay. So Danny will be doing all of that. I'm glad he came out, too. He took some great pictures. Yeah, he got out there late. Yeah, he was supposed to get out there Friday morning, but then he had a disastrous flight over. They didn't have pilots and have this, so he missed that and blah, blah, blah. But he got there, and for the day and a half he was there, he got some some really good pictures. He's super talented, man. Really good. Oh, I like yeah. how he did all the overlays, and I love that. I love Danny is uh, really good to work with and super passionate, super smart, and super, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hardworking and creative, very creative. Very all right, so let's let's talk about this. I made some notes uh, about this myself, and I want to. I always like to start off with the track, right? Because that's the main thing that we're looking at. And we get there, and I've never been to this facility, right? I've always seen the track part of the facility, but never seen the driver stand and everything else that's there, and all the parking and all the pit space and all this stuff. And I just have to say, this is a very impressive facility like the driver's on is humongous yeah you can fit 20 people up there comfortably driving and then <laughs> other people just spectate <laughs> yeah that's and then you could like that the walkway up for the for, sorry the wheelway for the wheelchair like that was just like crazy then they had another yeah. little veranda area where you can spectate i never really went there because i wanted to be right up top so i was went in the corner at the rd booth on the side where the rd was then they had tech down below. And then where I was, there was that space where they had like private pitting for the people that worked there. Kendall Bennett was there and all that stuff. So, and then all the pitting, like cover pitting they had to the, to the back. Man, they had two sets of cover pitting. What a what an impressive facility. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think they built it maybe like 2012 or something like that. Not, not 100% sure, but I heard... That when they did build it, it cost them about a million dollars to not surprise to uh, accomplish what they did. That driver stand easily is five, six, seven hundred thousand um, dollars, plus all the covered pits, like you said. Uh, the fil- the facility is just fantastic. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of legendary, you know. It's on it's on the VRC game like yes. three times. Um, I knew that track before I knew what that track was. I was playing VRC before I ever realized. Oh, silver dollars a mains track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the, uh, the facility's fantastic. I, I heard a little rumor that there's a possibility they're trying to move that uh, that facility, uh, maybe to their own personal property instead of the fairgrounds or something. 
maybe 100 i heard like some rumors that they're trying to possibly move that thing well i talked to uh kendall and he mm-hmm. said that they're actually moving from the facility not the well i'm not they didn't say nothing about the track but wherever they do their you know their warehouse so they're moving that did you ever did you go to their hobby shop did you know i wanted to and i it, didn't it's it's okay it's you it's pretty big but it's not like it's not like whoa like you know what i mean it's it's decent but it's not like whoa it's got like a little crawling course and stuff i just walked in there for 10 minutes uh but they're though they've moved they're moving into a new warehouse facility mm-hmm. and candle says they're gonna have uh different tra- they're gonna have oval tracks carpet tracks dirt track in there for 10 scale and then maybe something on the outside so they got big plans for their uh so but the only thing is like i would say that the norcal rc community is small and very spaced out you know uh yes. on like the so- socal is is bigger and everybody seems to go to the same races whereas the norcal community rc community is a lot smaller uh, just as passionate but they also like i mean it's three hours from san francisco then they have another track so uh it doesn't seem like this track gets used as much as it should maybe uh i thought it was shut locals. down even though huh? I, I thought wrong but i thought they yeah. shut it down for a while i thought like it was totally overgrown they kind of gave up the the track business for a while well apparently um, the oval guys it, that oval is really popular there and that's what races the most there apparently yeah uh, they still do off-road. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to Will Smith, and Will Will's telling me a little bit about it. And, you know, their club turnouts, you know, are just kind of decent at best. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like you said, they're, they're, it's kind of spread out there. It's probably not the yeah. biggest town of RC enthusiasts or whatever. But th- it's kind of kind of weird because, so A-Main, you know, they throw a big race. It's going to be a fantastic race. You can guarantee it, right? Mm-hmm. Um but like their local turnout is just kind of eh, whatever. Maybe maybe it's good sometimes. Sometimes it's probably terrible, and it's just kind of funny because they obviously got a fantastic facility when it comes to their eight scale, right? Um, PHRC is kind of the same way. It's like mm. when we throw big races, whether it's at Badlands or if it's at our indoor tent scale track, our big races people come. They come in full force. But our just kind of local racing crowd, it's really, really tiny. Um, and it mm. takes everyone, anyone who wants to come to the beach, takes them two and a half, three hours minimum mm-hmm. to get there. You know, it's 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 just kind of funny that uh, really um, well-known facilities struggle just as much as facilities that aren't well-known. Or even facilities that aren't well-known might just destroy us in club racing compared right. to, you know. Location, location, location. Yeah. I think uh, even the locals, people that call that a local track, like the Turners and the Corns, they live about an hour and a half away, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I think it's the same with Myrtle Beach. Like, even traveling from Charlotte, it's three, It's a three-hour drive, through back, mostly through back roads and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's just kind of... And so I think that's, that's one of the things, but... Man, I we have to talk about the track. So I know people were like, well, they didn't change much of the track. They left it how it is. And I left that over in. And I'll be honest with you. I think everybody still struggled on this track. Everybody besides Dakota fan still struggled on this track. And it was so much people were like, Kevin Jellick, the guy who built it, like I kept hearing how this guy builds great tracks and the surface at A-Man is different. From, everyone's like, oh, yeah, the surface is different. The soil is different. So I'm like, all right, I got to see this for myself. 
And when I got there and I saw it and I was like, nope, this isn't going to break up. This isn't going to do nothing. Everybody on the internet was like, is it sealed? Is it this? Is it that? So I asked him and he said, nope, it's just water and really good compaction. So, and, and he has his treat and he's just said that the dirt is really good. Not I did seal. No, I will they say this. They treated it. They no, totally he said he didn't treat it. it. I, I, saw, they, I saw him do it. Right. On the jumps that got holes in them. He treated and those. They, they didn't water it. One time that whole entire weekend. He did not treat it. I asked him over and over and over. He said, did not treat it. On the jumps and the holes that, that blew out, he did treat it with some stuff, glue or something. Yeah, all right. I'll take his That's word for he, it. Dude, I, I, I'm seeing treated surfaces. This didn't look like it. But you bring up great points. They didn't freaking water this thing the entire they weekend. Didn't blow I it? was shocked. I, I, they did right, blow so, it once or twice. Like at night or something or what? Uh-huh. They did blow it. Okay. I think they even blew it between some, some of the rounds. I didn't see him um, load at all, but so I actually I went out to. later on during the, 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 on Sunday, actually, I went and volunteer marshaled for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, I didn't see him blow a track, so they, they kept it pretty raw just the way it was for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, but when I went out there to marshal the places that weren't blown underneath that little thin layer of stuff that was on top, you know, the mm-hmm. dust or whatever was an equally hard surface than mm-hmm. the race line. Right. Uh, the whole entire surface, just some was covered with dust. The race line wasn't. But that play, the part that was covered with dust was extremely dangerous for marshalling. Oh, so really? Maybe, maybe not blowing it for roar rules or for the drivers to keep it more off-roady or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was not good for marshals. I've seen okay. people bust their ass. I, I The one time I was out there, I almost bust my ass three times in it because... You couldn't make any sudden jerky movements. You kind of right, had to go different. with the flow of your body and try to get the car in, a, in like a rhythmic fashion. Like, because if you just jerked anything, you're going down. This stuff was like slick marbles. And I think they probably need to think about that in the future. Something opinion. like playing tennis on a clay court. You got to like slide. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> some of these RC racers aren't the most athletic people. When I'm almost busting my butt. <laughs> I consider I'm older, but you know I can. I know who I can still move. I'm a good marshal, and I almost just slipped. I I slipped three times. I just didn't really pay. I know who would have been all dusty and dirty if he'd have been tarmosh. I got a great video of Brent busting his ass out. He fell right. Yeah, he did fall. Real good. He did fall. Real good. I I thought that the racing line was actually. I thought it was going to be really really narrow, but it wasn't. Um, but it was. If if it was slick out there for tarmoshals, it was super slick out there for those cars. Uh, but I think the main thing here was it was very supercross esque. You know, lots of it was very much of timing track. You had to jump those jumps. I watched those guys over and over and over, thousands of laps, right? And the top guys, even the top guys, if they made a slight mistake and just got offline a little bit, just or just didn't get that timing right, <clears throat> they kind of struggled setting up for the rest of the, some of those sections. <clears throat> we saw that uh, on that hump, like that. When you go, when you're going up to, you're going to the left side of the track, not the very left, but mm-hmm. you had that jump, that like triple, that was triple going. in a turn. Right. You jumped, you jumped in a turn, you landed in a turn and you had to whip it mm-hmm. or you weren't going to land in an advantageous position. You know, you had to, the Joes had to whip it. The pros had to whip it. Everybody's and you land it. like right on the darn grain of that to yep. make and it to the right next one. Right after that was a weird kind of single to a tabletop but you could like downside it or land mm-hmm. flat on tabletop downsiding was really tough but if you did you got a car length out of it if you landed on the tabletop much safer 
but then you're kind of bouncing and then mm-hmm. having to set up your turn. You could, it was it was tough, man. I didn't I didn't drive on that thing, but it looked but hard. It, it looks so hard. It was in, it was a very fast track. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you had to carry your speed through a lot of those parts and so many of the jumps and just the uh, the sections. A lot of stuff was kind of on a curve or you know wasn't much room for error. Not no, at all. not with those. That section that, that you're challenge. talking about coming on, it was rough, mm-hmm. and it was a right on the right on the very inside of that was about a foot of that dust. Yeah, right. That's where so I you can fell. so you can see guys are just going wide of that, not too wide because they didn't want to go too wide because someone would go in, but they just went wide of us, went around there, then they went up that thing I called the techno step up, which is just a very simple jump, you just went up and on, but you had to land at least if your wheels like going like going down the downgrade to get that next jump up and then that that set you up for the next back section that took it was all of that had to go right mm-hmm. to do a great lap and then there was no straightaway wow there was a no. very small one but that chicane was <laughs> dude i saw people i saw people come through that chicane i was like whoa how did he not hit i saw people come through that chicane hit it and bounce over three lanes i saw people hit that chicane and and hit that corner and be like they made it but they had to check up mm-hmm. um that's my I favorite love, section of the track honestly i love the really chicane. Well, it's so fast and it was very fast the, you really separated the top from the bottom right there and that's in that one particular section those fast guys were within this much of the pipe now everyone else was you know maybe this much or whatever mm-hmm. that just made a difference you know a big difference I agree. I agree. And then you went into that that other section of the jump, made that one, and went on that dip, back around, and into jumped into what I call ball. the the Talladega bull. Mm. And you would think like you could just go pin it around that thing, but no, Mm-mm. because of the traction was so yeah. high, you had to kind of keep it keep it tight, not overstir too much, because you would have flipped it, and you saw many people flip there. And yeah, that's another thing. The traction was insane, right? Yeah. So, uh. And it kind of stayed the same. Obviously, as it got hotter, it it probably had more traction and tire that uh, tire attrition was really bad. But I don't think it was. Talking to guys after the buggy main, they're like, "Ball tires are fine, right? They just weren't good out in the marbles." But I think guys went. People, most people went on hard compounds. We saw people using medium and harder compounds, and it was just to not have that edginess, right? Not have this uh, sidewalls flex and catch the wheel and do all that stuff. So. Uh, it was it was different. Like we don't see many tracks nowadays where you have to use a hard tire, a medium tire. And I think um, talking to Nicola, who was hot races, like yes, we're all we're using European compounds over here for hot race, right? Yeah. So that was well, good. The track didn't. So go ahead. Sorry. Well, with the tires, so most a lot of people were on you know medium, long wear medium or hard, mm-hmm. right? But you have your different tire brands and their different compounds. What I noticed with the these guys and their tires were. Some guys had the hard compound, but when they went, when they wore them down to bald, that hard compound was still just really hard and didn't, didn't have a lot of traction to it. Okay. Where some other tire brands, they still had their, like, like say J J concept had, uh, I think they're running a two aqua two really hard. It's one one of their hardest compounds I would imagine. But when you wore off the tread off of those things, you got down to a good, still fairly sticky rubber as opposed to like a hard rubber that just didn't want to stick. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I know what you um, mean. It, these t- the different tires, the only advantage I saw 
was when these guys did wear down the slicks, some slicks performed a lot better than the mm-hmm, other slicks. Mm-hmm. When everyone had tread, I don't I didn't see anyone with a real advantage from no. the tire manufacturers. No, uh, I would say it was, tires was hooking up. But when they went slick, there was a difference. Yes. I heard that uh Jay Concepts had a new tire there. Oh, they they did. They, I saw three of them. No, I didn't see any of them because I think they hide that stuff and I came around. Well, and then a couple of guys slipped on up. video. So a, a couple of guys slipped on say, "Hey, so what tires were you on?" And then they're like, oh, they kind of like divert, like you know, beat around the bush. And then a couple of other people say, "Hey, you know, Jay Concepts got a new tire and nobody's seen it." Sure do. So then I try to get my one of my mates to like get some spy shots, but he wasn't able to. Uh, but I got he did spy shots, tires. but yeah, no one will see him until they're until they're released. Unfortunately. Right. So, yeah. And also the track held up, right? I mean, it didn't blow out some of the jumps. Some of the jumps got a few divots, but they fixed them. Fixed them good. But um, it, it held up incredibly. I'm blown away. Like, I just I have a hard time believing they didn't treat the track because I've never seen a track that goes five days of that kind of sun beating it down and never being watered and still maintaining, I'd say, 95 percent of its original form. Um Maybe that's yeah. how their dirt is in California. I don't know. You can't do that in the southeast. Ain't not happening. all. Not all, because they say that that aggregate is unique. Like it's you don't see that elsewhere in California. Oh, okay. And <clears throat> it was very high on attrition on tires, but not on, not from what I saw. Not like chassis and stuff like that. But at IBC, which was in Portugal with the glue track, was very high on with attrition on tires as well as parts and tire and you know chassis and all that stuff. I don't know. You was more in the pits than me. You might know more, a little bit more than that. That, mm. but tires. um, I mean it was, it was eating tires. Okay. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I know that. One, two, but, three run tires depends. You know, no okay. one. Very few people were going out there on a third run and trying to be competitive on any set of tires. Most of them would probably do a second run, but. I don't think I didn't see anybody that was top notch going out a third run on any tire. I know Fenn said he broke in his tires, or some guys broke in their tires prior by going out and doing some, you know, running them out on the asphalt. Yeah. But I think let's, we can't leave without talking about one of the other big talking points of this race, which was the pit lane exit, which was extremely slow, extremely difficult. Uh, we saw a few people flaming out on there because obviously it's so slow and. I think when you're, I think the people that were pitting maybe down to the farther end of the first at the pit lane had an advantage because they were able to clear their cars out there. Okay. If they had a clear pit lane, they were able to get up to throttle and just keep the revs up so it didn't flame out. I, I thought we was going to see a big cluster there all the time, but it actually didn't happen that much. But we did see people flaming out on pit lane and it was so slow, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked it. I mean, you want a slow pit lane down? There you go. That's the way to do it. And, and, you know, think about entering that way as well. You know, um, I know that it'd be better entering the, to be honest, the Europeans, they like a slow pit lane. Mm-hmm. The Americans, we don't usually give a whole lot of F's. So, um, I know Clayton was, was watching people, how, how high they jumped when they jumped into pit lane. And mm-hmm. if you jumped over higher than the wall, you'd be penalized for, oh, really? I, don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So you had the walls probably like that high. Uh, off of the ground um you know where the cars would roll in you put them on the wall if you r- rolled in and your tires were over that wall that's a penalty i don't know what it was a lap or whatever a stop and go or something yeah they had a stop and go box as well yeah they, they did that's kind of yep. cool uh, i heard them dishing out some penalties i mean we might as well segue right into roar because before Perfect. we get into the race 
So, you know, the, I, I will say this. I, I think that Clayton's going to, obviously, you know, I know Clayton and we've become friends. And I told him, I said, I'm going to be your biggest critic. I'm your biggest supporter, but I'm going to be your biggest critic. I think they handled it well. I mean, obviously, during tech, I think the first day we had some issues with wings and then front wings. And I think it was front wings on Truggy that weren't supposed to be there. We are supposed to have headlights. Yeah. All that type of stuff. I, this has happened at every Royal Nationals that I'm into. Like, there's always some uh, scatter action about that. I think, like, the Mayako wings were a little too long. So then they caught them, and then they weren't too long. And then uh, I think, like, flock foils weren't allowed on truck, I think. Yeah, but you could turn them upside down and call them headlights. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We've kind of gone away from the whole truck, like, let's just call them, thing. Let's just call them seven scale buggies. Why do we even oh. kind of call them trucks? It's stupid. No truck Hold looks on. like that. I, I'm going to trigger somebody right now. Charlie Mack, they're no longer truggies. You cannot be called the trugger. You are now the brugger. Seven Bruggies. scale buggy. Oh, there Giant, we go. Bigger buggy. Seven scale buggy. It's seven scale. I mean, they don't even look like trucks. They no. look like buggies. They're just a little bit longer and bigger, bigger tires. If you, it's not a truck. You, if I was just looking at a quick class. video of these and just saw them, I'd be like, "Oh, those are buggies!" Like, I then I'd be like, "Oh no, those, totally are, tr- those are truggies!" So no one would look at that. No, <laughs> no, no person you pull off the street be like, "Hey, this is a buggy," and then you show them a truck and be like, "What is this?" And they'd be like, "A bigger buggy." yeah hey no look we were having a conversation i think i think eight scale racing in general needs something to freshen it up a little bit four-wheel drive short course is in no man's land it doesn't belong in 10 scale it doesn't belong in eight scale it just doesn't fit anywhere we need to have a nitro four-wheel drive short course class that shit would be awesome. You know who had one associated? The SCX six or something like that. Losi had one at one point in time. Um, so nice, Badass. but you know, Traxxas still has a, a Slayer. Yeah. yeah, but these are one eighth. These are one eighth. So I think the I think that the short courses are considered one eighths, but these are one eighths. Uh, associated had one like it was just basically a buggy with a short course thing. But yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think it'd be cool, and you know, not electric. Like straight up nitro, you know, mm-hmm. I think that would be a real truck class. Truggy is just, it's a, it's a buggy. It's not even a truck. It, even before the, these new bodies, these new bodies, they totally look like buggies. But mm-hmm. the previous bodies, the old truggy bodies, they didn't look like trucks either. They were getting smaller and thinner and they more just, compact. No one would look at them and be like, oh yeah, that's a truck. Nope. With that big old wing on the back. It's just stupid. Yeah. Oh, you know what else would be a cool class? A buggy class with no wing because you'd have to design things a little differently mm. you know like you could you could you could stick to 75 percent of what an eight scale buggy is but you'd still have to just design it just a little bit differently and learn how to drive it just a little bit different you know how maybe cool? the body looks like a, a desert buggy that yeah. doesn't have a wing no wing uh no. Yeah, uh, something i think it kind of just freshen up eight scale a little bit mm-hmm. just for fun I agree. maybe fun. maybe it's about fun it is about fun. Uh, I will have to say that that the RMT worked their butts off. I saw Clayton everywhere. He was he was on live RC's ass. He was on. It's like I want interviews and be you know he he wanted to get interviews and he was out term marshaling. He was refereeing. He was taking people's questions. 
They were very open-minded. It seemed the general consensus was that the offer community was happy with them. Obviously, they didn't get everything right. I know even like the final starting order for the buggy man was off. They, they did it, it by yeah, they did it by position. So somebody went, I think it was Chris Morali and maybe another couple of guys said, no, it's La- supposed to go off times. Yes. So some people thought, and trust me, there's there's a lot of people in the pro class, uh, mostly some of the younger ones. They thought one, one, whoever has the fastest time starts in front of the other, right? And then two, two, whoever has fast time, three, three, right? That's, no, that's how they line up. But mm-hmm. right, it's it's about overall time. So if the uh, even semi, if those top six guys all have faster times than every one of the other six guys on the, That's your top uh, six. On the odd, there's your top six. And then the odd, mm-hmm. even though the odd guy won his race, he'll still mm-hmm. be starting number seven because he has slower time than number six and even. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's how it was at the Worlds last year. So basically, they they didn't they kind of did it like that too because apparently, as Chris Morales says, it's ambiguous. But look, whatever I bumble that, it's no real ambiguous. Ambiguous. It's no. I had to get him to explain that word to me. There's no real definition. It could go either way. So it's like, uh, but that's how it kind of goes. And so they changed that around. And I, I I even told Clayton, I was like, dude, there's no LCQ. It's like, oh, we don't we didn't have LCQs. I said they had it at the worlds, but they just did that. I said, dude, LCQ is the most exciting 10, 15 minutes in RC. Like, we yep. need that. Yeah. We need that. And then I also it gives, told- it gives those guys a little more time. Mm-hmm. Uh the, the the top six from the even odd semis it gives them more time because they only get an hour. From the time they get mm-hmm. their cars, they get one hour until they're on mm-hmm. the track to race the main event. If you did an LCQ, it would give those guys a little bit longer to work on the car and the LCQ guy would just have to scramble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But and it's great racing, get. right? Yeah. Well, you like yeah, that. absolutely. Everyone's just battling for that one last spot. You know, there's yeah. a lot of guys that didn't make the main. They yep. probably should have, but things just didn't go their way. Just didn't go their way. Like the semis, that's that. like the semis, like, so the top six, the two fast. So how they did it was basically, uh, just so people know, they took, so overall, the top 20 went into the semis, right? And then three bumped up from the quarters in each one. And and Fan already was secured in there with his TQ, which is different because of the worlds. It isn't like that. You still have to race in. Uh, so they then uh, they took the top five from each semi and then the two fastest uh, lap times after that. And that actually came from the second. Uh, I think it was the uh, even final. Let's see. I wrote it down here. Um... Yeah, I was the even one, I believe. I should have. Wrote, I thought I wrote that down, but I did. But pro- I'm probably wrong. But somebody will correct me here. But I definitely want to LCQ, and I talked to him about maybe kind of like what TSOC does uh, there, and have where the TQ guy still has to run his main, run his semi. Because I, even though it didn't matter to Dakota fan this time, I still think that that 30 minutes of track time is a it could be, you know, it could be detrimental to other people. You know what I mean? But he should be able to run it. And then if he finished, like if he breaks, he's still in the main. He just he should like be last. able to, but he shouldn't have to. It should be mm-hmm. optional. Um, I, I think Dakota was better off not racing that because they, they had practice, right? They had a main mm-hmm. practice for bug. Uh, no, they didn't. They, they did no, that. They did that for true. He had a practice, I think. I think he had semi practice. 
Yeah. It's so many, so many variables, right? I mean, people that, can say it's a lot of damage, man. It's a lot of damage to a car. Thirty minutes, that, and yeah. then you got one hour to get it right. Yeah, he probably had his car set straight. And I saw those guys room. when after the semis when they released mm-hmm. the car out of tech. Everybody was scrambling, scrambling like the top drivers, the lower, you know, the mid tier guys, everyone who made it to the main. Everybody was scrambling. If you looked over at Dakota Finn, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He he already won the race in his brain. He went in the buggy, pissed off. Oh, I know, I know. We're gonna. All right, let, all right. So <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. Uh, what What is your general consensus of Roar and what they done, and how did you feel about it? Um. All right. So first and foremost, I I didn't get to interview Clayton Young, and I'm pretty upset about it. Uh, it's my fault. <laughs> I had a chance and then I blew it. And every other time I went to go do it, he was totally busy talking to people mm-hmm. or, you know, he stayed really busy. Um, I asked everybody what they thought about Roar coming into this event and what they think about it going forward. And most people had pretty negative comments to say about Roar leading into the event. And I think just about everybody I talked to had pretty positive thoughts going forward. That's um, good. That's I think good. that makes that makes a big difference, man. Roar has just ate a bunch of turds for a long time. Um, and even if they did good, they probably didn't get the credit for it because they just dug too many graves to, to, mm-hmm. to pull themselves out. But I think I think Clayton coming in has made a big difference in, in these, these, what, six months? Dude, poor yeah. guy. I wish he'd get paid for it. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think uh, I really liked his speech. It was pretty, you know, his Marine is pretty straightforward. He was like, yeah, if you don't get it right, then get better. Like, and I basically said, don't suck. And I think people appreciated that. They clapped for him. And I agree. He came on and he came on in a few interviews and people liked that as well. Uh, and he was bright candid. And I think what he said was absolutely correct is that we need to get more off-road people involved, right? He doesn't, it's more on-road based now and he needs, he wants more off-road people like on the committee being regional reps. I actually think you would be great for one of those positions. I don't work um, for free. I, exactly. That's the issue though. That's the issue, right? They need to figure out how hey, to make this worth somebody's it, while. It's going through my head all the time. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this guy's working really hard and I don't know, you know, like they, they pay the administrator because someone's got to like, pay all the bills and do all mm-hmm. the like office work and stuff like that. Um, you know, Roar must be a 501 C three, which is a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have rules they got to go by. It's really hard to change, change rules. Uh, you might be able to like fine tune them, but to like be like, all right, we're going from one paid position to three. It, it's difficult. It's a lot harder mm-hmm. than, than people would imagine. Um, but there's a few things to fix roar. Um, first off, it's going to start with the leadership. And I think, I think we got the right guy in there. I hope he can stay. Um, yep. I, I hope he's living off a good retirement from the military and he doesn't need money. And Dude, he he's got, got a good job. Better he's got do. a good job. He's got a really right, good job. So, so first thing that's taken care of. That's the most important thing. The next thing we got to do, we really got to get these tracks involved. I come from mm-hmm. motocross. I can never go to any track ever without being an a, uh, AMA member. Mm-hmm. If every track would get involved, if every track would become a Roar member, and whether you're eight scale, tent scale, on road, whatever, if a track became uh, a Roar member and required their people to that race have there a Roar to, be, to have Roar memberships, which is 
perfectly reasonable. It's probably like 35, 40, 50 bucks. 40 bucks, I don't no. even know. All right, 40 bucks. It's 40 bucks a year, and you're Aurora member. You kind of got some insurance program, whatever. The bigger we can make it by having more tracks involved, if the tracks are involved, then the racers will be involved because they don't really have much choice. It could really change the pers- the perspective that people have on it and also will add more money to Roar. So mm-hmm. it would be more advantageous to be a Roar member, um, which is offering more perks because they have money. Um, I looked at their website. I did some research before I went into this event, trying to prepare myself. And, you know, they haven't they haven't posted their financials since 2016. So I was really wondering, you know, what their financials are, you know, and, and in 501c3, you got to post those things. There's a lot of rules and regulations mm-hmm. to be a nonprofit, you know? So I was really wondering where they are, at, you know, and, and last, last I heard from Clayton and on your podcast is they were in the hole. It's really hard to run an organization when you're in the hole, you know? Um, yeah. I think these races have helped them get out of the hole. Good. But they've, they're, they're, I'm sure we'll have financials. Uh, like I said, I think they're doing good. I think we need to get more people involved. And everybody, like you said, if everybody gets involved, you know, a, a rising totally tide raises all ships. Oh, Simple it's, as that. It's a totally different organization, yeah. you know. It's an organization mm-hmm. with power and influence mm-hmm. as opposed to something we just sit there and complain and bitch about. I agree. I agree. 100%. So kudos to those guys because they got laved that people, a lot of people bitched at them this weekend too. And they took it all on the chin and they just did what they uh, they had to do. I thought they did fantastic. Honestly, too. I thought they I did too. really good. Not like, I mean, just thinking about like getting the, the order wrong and then reconsidering it and said, okay, we'll do it that way. Quick. And then even when it. I tell them about the LCQ, I was like, dude, we got to have the LCQ. And it's like, ah, oh, but you should get, if you ain't, you have to, if you're not in, you're not in. I said, dude, this, we're talking about the most exciting 15 minutes. Like people love that. I love it. Everybody gets on it. Don't so have I think we'll have, have an LCQ it. next year. It's, it's cool. I think it, you know, LCQ, it's cool in motocross, mm-hmm. uh, supercross. It's cool in RC. Yep. It, it doesn't have to happen. You know, if, if we got to get pick our poison, you know, there's certain things we got to go for first. But, you know, yeah, LCQ could be cool. If I not, mean. no big deal. Whatever. Like I said, qualify your way in. <laughs> really don't, don't break. Suck. Don't suck. Don't suck. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go right into Truggy. Uh, we're going to play this to start because this was probably one of the best races. So just for those who didn't know, uh, the Truggies qualified and did everything like normal A main, like A letter mains. They did five-minute qualifiers, whereas the Buggies, they had to do Ifmar style, which was 10-minute qualifiers, and they did ladder style, which was odd even finals all the way down. So here you guys can see this track, some of the hard parts we were talking about. So I'm watching this truggy. So we'll go to qualifying while we're talking about this because I have some notes about qualifying. Fenn dominated qualifying. He won. He won three out of four. He would have had four out of four, but he ran out of fuel in the third one, which I believe gave T or second one. Was it second one? No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Let me rewind that. He second qualifier. He, he something happened. I can't remember. He lost out to Tebow, right? And Tebow got the TQ, but Fenn got the other three runs. So I was like, all right, Fenn's going to just kill Fenn this. Fenn was testing his fuel. That wasn't buggy, though. Wasn't buggy? Um, yeah, because remember, he's doing 10 minutes. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. I think he something happened, and I, I was there. I can't remember. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Maybe we have results here. Um, let me. I'll be able to tell from. There's one time he was trying to test how long he could go, he could go on a, a fuel run. 
Uh, he got a third. He got. A, he was just slow. He got a third in round two, so he must have crashed a lot. That's what happened. Gotcha. I think he had some crashes, but that allowed Tebow to get to get a uh, TQ, which I thought, in all honesty, like when I talked to. So we did this cool interview of him, and he did it, but we had no audio, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew right there and then that Tebow's confidence was boosted so much, right? Because he needed, he was so bummed after Silver State. He needed some confidence boost. Yes, he was running the HP truck for everybody to know. Um, he actually was the, he, he came second, I think. So he actually was the best HP truck driver there all weekend. <laughs> and Seth Van Dalen had a very good qualifying. He qualified uh, second. Spencer Rifkin was third. Tebow was fourth. Mayfield fifth. Testament six, Camden line seventh. Camden line was super, continues his super impressive form in Truggy. He also had great form in Buggy, just a little bad luck. He did get into the semis in Buggy, but just he was, was between him and Brandon Rose, those two were top the top, guys. top. Well, no, they were also the top young bucks. Yes, I agree. Rose, they're both 18 and, and 19. Uh, yeah, yeah. So these guys are, are making a push to, uh, see if they can make it as a pro career mm-hmm. and um they both performed really well and you know um camden was close to making the main got the mm-hmm. got in the semis uh for for a buggy and finished i think seventh in truck yep. and then brand rose i think finished seventh in buggy or something yeah let something me bring like that well let me bring up results for truck because that's what we are talking about first uh so they took 13 cars into each final it was in truck, it was 12. No, it was 11 and two. So two bumped up from each main. And actually, B Rose had a really bad, he, he only got 10 laps. Uh, Camden ended up 10th in the truck main. He had some issues, I think. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, Camden finished 10th. But definitely, he has showed some in, impressive speed as we see Tebow and. Um, Mayfield going at it right here, and fans just out there of Rifkin right behind him. Uh, Rifkin, so let's talk about this. I think we can go right into this truggy main. Do I have anything else to talk about this? Uh, Seth Van Dalen was really good, like I said. Tebow, that TQ really boosted him, and I think that carried on within into his buggy final. So, this this 45 minute final was actually pretty good. It wasn't a complete runaway with, with Fenn at the beginning, as we see, would have been. It would have been, but you know, uh, it actually ebbed and flowed quite a bit because it changed position. I think Tebow got into a first position as well. Mayfield at some point. Fenn was just going, I think, longer than Fenn and Mayfield were on longer pit strategies, if I remember correctly. And I think with what about a few minutes to go, Fenn's yeah, his 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 issues started probably twenty minutes into the race. Oh, okay. So I know I have a pretty good idea what happened. If you want to hear about it. Well, I heard the motor mount broke or something like that. Yeah, so he had a quick release motor mount. And in, uh, in the low C quick release motor mounts, there's you know quick release motor mounts like this. Mm-hmm. But then low C's got a little part that goes through the middle that kind of connects the two things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that part in the middle, I guess, had a, a stress fracture or something. Something happened to that motor mount. Um, pretty, you know, not too long within into the race, and his mesh started getting tighter and tighter and tighter. So, what was uh-huh. that forty-five minute race? Yeah, yeah. So, for <laughs> quite a long time, 25, 30 minutes or so, 
his engine starts just getting a little worse and worse, you know, like something's weird, right? They don't know what's quite wrong with it yet. And uh, eventually it was so tight that it was making his engine really struggle. And mm. I, I heard by the time he pulled the, the car in, actually he finished in third place. So mm-hmm. um, by the time he pulled in, his engine was like running like 400 degrees. <laughs> yeah, because they originally it up for like five hours and then he couldn't. He had like two laps to go, I think. And he's just trying to block and like Mayfield was trying to get by him and he couldn't do any jumps. Mm-hmm. And um, he unfortunately lost that. He came third. That allowed Mayfield to come by and yeah. get that victory. Last and then like Tebow two second. laps or something. Yeah, last two he laps. He held it as long as he could. Like he nursed that thing forever. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty, pretty amazing. I'm surprised that engine lasted that long. It, it kind of says something, right? You know, like yeah. that thing comes in 400 degrees and was still that, running it's not like he f- flamed out or anything he kept running dude, i bet you that whole <laughs> car was like five 400 and something oh, degrees god i uh, bet you it was so hot yeah. that bottom of that chassis was so hot unfortunately because i mean he wanted i think he won truggy last year right so i think he, he wanted went, to go yeah back. he did double double championship right. last year so so that he ahead. probably would have done that again this year um, yeah i'm pretty sure had that not happened but I've, look there's a lot of parts on the car there's a lot of screws there's a lot of things. I don't know if you break down the engine and the carburetor and everything. It's mm-hmm. a lot of parts. What? Probably 400 parts at least. Every single thing has to perform perfectly. It only takes one tiny little thing to go wrong. And that's it. Yeah, because I mean, right here we're watching like Spencer Rifkin. He's flying, right? Yeah. But he DNF'd at 24. He Something happened. He 24 minutes. He was out. Right. But yep. he's flying. He was actually, I thought that Spencer Rifkin was the, the guy to beat Fenn this weekend. He had a lot of bright, bright spots on the weekend. He, mm-hmm. he you know, he definitely he had some parts that they really shined. I think all the AE cars look great. I watched a lot of them and I thought that what they're done with the, with the buggies anyway, they're really mm-hmm. working really well, really working really well. Yep. Uh, so that gave, so let's go through our order. So that left Ryan Mayfield. He won it. So I think it's his seventh truck final, driving truck championship, national truck championship, or Bruggy or whatever you want to call it, Charlie <laughs> Mack. Jared Tebow second, Fence third. A great run for Lutz in fourth. Seth Van Dalen, while started in second, will be, I think he should be happy with a fifth. Tyrone Tessman, sixth. Ryan Cavallari running the associated truck. He did not have the WRC truck yet. In seventh, Cole Ogden, eighth, Joe Bornhorst, ninth, Camden Line, tenth, Spencer Rifkin, eleven, Mason Fuller also retiring early in twelfth, and Brandon Rose, thirteenth, only getting uh, ten laps. Tebow running the HB truck, the top HB guy. That's pretty ironic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was actually I was wondering what truck he was running. I didn't know. I thought I thought maybe associated. No. I didn't pay that much attention, but. Uh, when he when he TQ'd and started doing real well, I was like, oh, I wonder what he wonder what truck he's running. Man, that's the last I ever thought about it. <laughs> oh, the internet didn't let us forget that he was running it. That's for sure. You know, um, <clears throat> so Mason Fuller, he's one of those young bucks. He, he's he's made his mark a little bit, but hasn't quite got it done yet. Yeah, I always see his dad mechanicing his car. Um, I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to those guys, but I always see them around. So, you know, I'll pay a little bit of attention. I'm usually a fly on the wall wherever I'm at. Um, I think it's time that maybe those kids start 
working he does on the cars a little. Do they? He does. Okay. All he right. does. His dad does a lot of cadence stuff. All right. Uh, but Mason is definitely doing a lot more wrenching on his own stuff now. Okay. I don't know if he's doing 100% wrenching, right. but I believe he, I think his dad said he is. Uh, I'm sure they'll let me know when they heard the podcast. But yeah, it's only a matter of time for him, right? And yeah, his dad, more than likely, most of these pro drivers, their their dads, once they become Leo, top pros, they can't they can't be there all the time, you know. Yeah. Um. So these guys got to be one of the top dogs that have their own mechanic or mm-hmm. work on their stuff. Here we see this is near the end of the race where we saw Fenn just losing drive, right? And uh, Mayfield getting crossed in there. And I'll uh, coming home for the for the victory here. So this, like you said, this pissed off Fen. You would never know because he never shares it publicly, but I know <laughs> that he was pissed off because he wanted to win this. And I think that just gave him, unfortunately for everybody else, extra motivation as we went into the uh final. Oh, that went really slow. I don't know what happened there. There's Tebow <clears throat> just getting by him. And um, so for those that don't know. Uh, congratulations to Ryan Mayfield, seven-time national truck champion. Unfortunate for Fenn. And congratulations to Tebow. I thought that was a good second on his 23rd and last World Nationals. And uh, Mayfield get oh, Mayfield gets Techno RC's first national title, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know if it's maybe their first Nitro That's national weird. title. Huh. It might have some electric national titles. I'm not sure. I didn't know that. But their first Nitro title. First They've Nitro. always had, like, the best truck. Yeah, but and they've uh, never had a national title. That's interesting. No, no <laughs> they don't have any nas- nitro national titles. Wow. So, all right. So there we are at the end of this, and there's your finishing order. Let's remove that. Let's go find something else here to look at. All right. So that brings us to the buggy finals, which we have to, you know, we'll go into qualifying once again. Fend absolutely fastest guy in practice. We saw we saw Co Ogden show some. We saw this is what impressed me in practice. Co Ogden, Rivkin were very fast in practice as well. Uh, I thought that they were very fast in qualifying. And then Tyrone Tasman, we're calling him now, he uh, took Q3. That's when Fend was trying to. So, what happened with Fend is he said he made some mistakes in the beginning and they were trying to do test fuel mileage to go 10 minutes. Well, more than 10. Yeah. Because the way that track was, you needed 11. 15 mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, these people that do like these 10 minute runs are barely ever doing actually 10 minute runs. You know, they're doing 10 thirties, 10 but the way that that pit lane was, if mm-hmm. everything had to be perfect, if you're going to try to do that 10 minute run, you couldn't make any mistakes. I think Dakota actually made Too one mistakes. small mistake. I think it just made like one or two, but that's all it took to mm-hmm. to basically do them in for that no pit stop qualifier, basically. Well, you know who had no issue at all doing mileage? That was Adam Drake. Drake. He did. did you hear his engine in, in the main, though? I can't hear none of that stuff, dude. <laughs> that's the problem. That thing was pinging all over uh, the place. I don't know if he was going for 10 minutes. Or maybe it did. wasn't even the he main. Did. Uh, did he? Yep. Yeah, so... You could hear his engine sounded different than everybody else's. It was like, bing, 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 bing. Oh, he did, but he, yeah, it was very lean. He did all four qualifiers. He did 10 minutes, which allowed him to be in the, in the semi, which he yeah. bumped up to. And <clears throat> I asked him, I said, dude, when are you going to run out of fuel? And he goes, I can go 12. No problem. Yeah, probably. He says, I, I don't know how long his engines will last, but <laughs> I mean, you have an engine building, then you have a. Yeah, I don't think it really cares too much. He he, no. he has his own engines. It's got 
50 engines probably yeah <laughs> probably. probably sleeps on him under his pillow probably um <laughs> <laughs> so fan took round one rounds two and round four he tq'd he and it actually went to round four we had a tq uh testman was a six four he took round three uh, and that's when I saw Tasman, and I'm like, man, Tyrone's looking pretty good. The X-ray's looking pretty Let me tell you about Tasman. So he was the one guy there, one pro guy that was using a low-profile head. The X-ray's got that clear Lexan wing. I know uh, Brent has some too, right? Ultimate has one. Yeah. But that wing's like 30 grams lighter than a normal wing. And on this track, with all that high traction and all that stuff, I think this is... You look at Ty's cars, too, they roll quite a lot. You know, mm-hmm. they look very... They're not like edgy they roll quite a lot and i was like all right tyrone looks good rifkin had three seconds places like he i think on the last qualifier one of them like fan just Barely. picked him at the very end yeah yep. and i was like man rifkin's looking really really racy uh where did um co ogden finish co ogden was in six he had a four a six a 22 and a six mayfield had a three three four two Rose uh, qualified in fifth. He had a bad first round of 17. Then he picked it up. He got a five. Then he had a really bad round in three. He had a 38. And then he got a five in round four. Adam Drake had a five, seven, six, and a 14. Didn't really matter. Tebow had a round. And that third round, he got a third. I thought that helped him out. Jared Wiggins, man. So I want to say something. I thought that Jared Wiggins probably had one of the best-looking technos there all weekend. Like mechanically on the track or just like a paint job? No, no, no. <laughs> Mechanically on the track, like his car worked. I know he's a very good driver. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's kind of his thing, you know. It's his like car looked great. His car looked freaking. I don't great. think he's a paid driver to you know finish number one at the biggest races in the world. I think he's there to like develop and find find things that work. I think he's more like, yeah. I think he's that guy who 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 helps develop these these techno he cars. wants to win though he is your oh, vision champion he's going to division race next weekend as champion so yeah mind you that was a different format and last time i moment, said that he's no doubt about it but last time i said that he's super ta- he's not as talented as everybody else but a very good work ethic he got mad at me so but i still believe that he's he has talent maybe not as talented as orion mayfield but he works extremely hard and he's really his work ethic is oh, he's, you know, exceptional. obviously very talented um, but you know, he's, well, the, the reason his car is looks so mechanically sound is because mm-hmm. he, that's his thing, you know, like, right. He's, he's doing things outside of the, the average box. Um, and you know, he's probably given those top pros like Mayfield, uh, a lot of advice. I agree. Uh, so we, we, we talked about the semifinals. We had a great racing in the quarterfinals as well. I think a little bump bumped up. Little bump, Jonah Wilson, and somebody else bumped up from the quarterfinal. I just want to shout out to a couple of guys real quick. Sorry, let me do that afterwards. Semifinal was much slower than the odd. That's what it was supposed to be. So the semifinal that we talked about, the first one, the even, was so much slower than the odd that, like we said, all the top seven guys out of the odd final went through to the main. And just the top five out of the first semi. Like you sometimes you might see one and one come out of each main, but no, they came right out of that main and they were faster than a lot of people. And that's where we had the the confusion with the finish with the well, starting go, order. Going in before they started the semis, I 
I looked at it and saw that there was a fast semi and mm-hmm. a definitely a slower. You know, it was yes. like I was asking people, what semi did you make? Oh, you got the good one. Or, <laughs> oh, ouch, you got that one. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. there's a difference. I mean, just on paper, just looking at it, names and stuff. Like, oh, okay, well, this semi is tough. And then this semi, both semis were obviously really tough. Yes. But you just had really big names in one. And then some of the more kind of like up and comers or whatever uh, yes. in the other. I wanted to shout out to a few people that made the semis. Uh, Kyle Turner, NorCal native. He made it. Jackson Brunson, semi-professional racer now, you know, coming off his best year ever on a HB running associated again. I mean, I watched I watched Brunson in one practice session. I was like, damn, he's flying, you know. Uh, for good for a semi-professional, I want to shout out to Jermaine Robinson who qualified right into the semis as well, and Jonah Wilson, man, I've seen this kid a second time, and he has been probably the most impressive young racer. I think he's sixteen. He also won the junior final. He does not yep. look sixteen. He's yep. definitely a, a big kid. Tall. I don't think I don't think people expected him to win that junior final. Well, a lot of people thought Low Bomb was going to run away with it, but I think Bomb had issues. But Jonah Wilson was freaking fast mm-hmm. all weekend. Yep. All weekend. Sure was. Fast. Very impressive. Comes from up in Tennessee, makes uh, the ROCCK his rock track, his home track. Little Bomb. So let's talk about this. I know, like, this is what I don't want people to do, right? So he's 12. He had some radio issues. He's very, he's coming out of his shell a lot too. He's like an interview. So like, yeah, something's wrong with my radio. And when he said that, I literally, bar- I was so cute, right? I don't think, yeah, he claimed second at Silver State was an excellent performance. He he probably could have won that. I don't think we should be putting like people were like, I know some people are like, yeah, he's gonna make the man. He's gonna kick these guys' asses and mm-mm. let that young man develop organically. Do not put any high expectations on him. He has at least four more years to be getting faster, right? I would give him I think he's going to happen before that but there shouldn't be no expectations on him whatsoever. Yes, he did not make the final this weekend. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. He's 12. He probably wanted to make the final. He's probably not happy about that but I think I see too much when we see somebody that's exceptionally fast like this with so much talent. We put so much pressure on them at a young age that it actually is detrimental to them in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, I expect him to win world championship in the next four years. I wouldn't dispute that. It's not going to surprise me that he doesn't win this race or the next Mm -hmm. race. You know, like it's these these guys, these Dakota fans and Mayfields and whoever, they have so much experience. You can be as talented as you want. You can't you can't earn that experience any other way than just putting in the time you know like bump he might he might have a few fast laps but can you do it for 45 minutes probably not but he'll learn how to eventually mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and honestly i think he's he's definitely you know i said it a while ago that he's probably gonna be world champion very soon <laughs> he doesn't have to do that by 16 though he can do it by 20 if he has to yeah that we yeah. shouldn't well, put those expectations on him we should just let him Develop organically. Yes, he, he came second at Silver State. And I know probably lots of expectations going into this race, but yeah, I mean, you know, he had a good run at Silver mm-hmm. State. Doesn't mean he's gonna just do that every single time. He'll get better and better. 
and he'll get better way faster than he probably should be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I agree with I you. think he's gonna definitely be a world champion before he's 18. I mean, yeah. I, I see right around 16 years old, not this next world's, but the world's after. Very likely he'll be the man or the yes. little the little guy. Actually, I he's agree. grown quite a bit. He's not such a little guy anymore. No, he's no, put but on, he's putting on some weight and yeah, he's genetically he's probably bigger. not gonna grow tall. No, he's not gonna be tall, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been like, you know. Four yeah, foot one or whatever forever, you know. He can't so cute. look he's over so the cute. driver's stand, but now you know he's he's starting to look like a, a young man. Yeah. Also, uh, I just I wanted to shout out to Cole Caston, man, making the making the semis, um, bumping up, I believe. Great young man, a uh, little older than these guys. Do him and his father putting in a lot of work. So I wanted to give them some credit as well as we watch the start of this this main. So this this is exactly what I did not want in the final. I did not want the Coda fan to or somebody to just run away. If, I mean, the Coda fan obviously wants to run away if it right mm -hmm. and TLR and and it's good for everybody that his sponsors. But it made for a very sixty minutes of just like okay, this guy is just dominating. So here we see him take off. I think that's um that's gotta be. Uh, Rivkin, right That's there, in one front of lap, right that here. he didn't lead. He he led, he led this one. He crossed the line, and that was it. After yep. that, it was the yep. Dakota Fen show. He so, I yeah, I talked to Rivkin after the race, and he just said, you know, that if I had had a better first quarter, I think I would have been able to have something for Fen. And I, I actually agree because at that point he just fell back so far. We went all the way to last I, place. Yeah, and this is when I'm just like, all right. Fend is looking like he's going to dominate, right? And I think just after this, about five minutes later, he pulled off to this lead. And that left, actually, Tebow and Tasman battling. For, Tebow fell back as well. But Tasman and Mayfield battled for a long time. And I'm going to say this, right? I don't feel that Mayfield had the pace to catch uh, Fend at all. I think his car looked like a... It, lo it just looked like he was driving. He didn't... He wasn't even... He, I, I think that he got second by just uh, sorry. He got third just by drive. No, he got second because tie broke, right? He got third just by gutting it out. Right. I don't think he um, looked. He didn't look like the Mayfield of Mugen last year. He just looked like, hey, I'm got. I know I don't have a car, or I don't have the the the. I don't have the the ability this weekend. Probably more the car, I would say. But I'm gonna gut it out and come third, and that was him gutting it out. Like, look, we look how look at that lead he's got on him. All right, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, these guys are letting Fen just run away with this. He's gonna run away with this. There's They're no letting. He, he lapped the entire field. Yeah, nobody let him do that. He no, that's that what I'm saying. They, what will. I mean is, they they can't let him get away like that. Yeah, they ain't have a choice. Mm -hmm. But you see, Tasman, how no fast he is right pace. now. He had a look second at Tasman. Faster. Look at Tasman. He's all on Tebow. And then I feel also that Tasman spent too much time battling with Mayfield. And that also, uh, I think Tasman and I, me personally, I think Tasman and Rifkin were the two guys that had the outright pace to match, um, to match Fenn, in my opinion. That's my opinion. If they would have got out, if they would have been behind him at this point, I think it would have been a, a closer race. But man, that's what have, could have, should have, but they didn't. And Fenn just, like, he just looked locked and loaded from her one out. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. And it was lights out. And then it just became him. How, how many? It was like, how many people can he lap? And can he lap the entire field? Which he did. Yeah, sure did. 
And wow, what an impressive dominant performance by Dakota Fenn. Uh, in the end, we saw Tessman break with about five minutes ago. We did have the internet go down as well. We lost about 12 minutes. It's actually, so if you have the bonus lap member for RC Racing TV, for RC, sorry, for Live RC, you can go and see it. So it's two different things. It's got the 12 minutes missing, which I didn't even get to see because I was in there. Uh, <laughs> and you couldn't even see scoring, to be honest. Did I see really? scoring? I can't remember. I was just listening to the race announcer. But man, look at this guy. He's already pulled out to a lead. He's like, all right, yeah, I broke in Truggy. Here you go. Told my bear. See ya. I am out of her. And there's Mayfield. He looked like he had something in the beginning, but he just could never, ever get right up to and challenge Fenn. And then Ty's and there's Ty. Him and Tebow had a good battle. I know people were like, he left you all on Tebow's nuts. But Tebow was running faster laps than Mayfield. He was just making mistakes, right? Where Mayfield didn't make as many mistakes. But he just wasn't able to push it as hard as I as he we've seen him do before. Yeah, this track, if you made a mistake, <clears throat> it cost you big time. Yep. So I, more than most, I, I think, you know, it just seems like there was no room for I mean, just touching the pipe was mm-hmm. enough to to cost you, you know. But you end upside down, just like the start. Rifkin made that pass to Gillen first, turned upside down, first to last, just like that. Yeah, and he did good. He actually uh, got back up to third. Let's see. Hold on. No, he got back up to third behind Mayfield. And, uh, yeah, but I I really think had he not made that mistake, it would have been a different story. But, like you said, like we said, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But uh, Fenn did it, did it, did it. Simple as that. And he, and, man, I have to say, Mike Sontag and his pits are exceptionally fast i i i went up to him and i said dude i think you won the truggy race for for him in um at sic and it's like i think so too but he would say it was both of us i said dude you got him out there in front of everybody exceptionally fast pits yeah. uh unfortunately for ty though ty bro- I, I did not see how ty broke it kind of he missed it on camera but he broke up he told me afterwards but i think ty had a very solid second i think his car could have he could ever see he's just locked up in this battle and look there's there's Fenn just pulling away just like hey guys see you later my name's dakota the phenom Fenn. i drive a tlr and i'm going back to back by the way uh the last person do you know who the last person was to go ty back to back in buggy ty testman 2014 2015 Boom. so uh it was just like there. Tebow looked pretty good. Like I said, he just made mistakes like that. There goes Tyrone. I think he Ty likes the name Tyrone. I said, you got to grow the mustache out and you'll definitely be Tyrone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I just think his car looked better. And Rifkin obviously had a great car. But look at this. Look at this guy. He's just like. Uh, it's going to be very hard to beat the Dakota fan this year. Simple. It, yeah. Very hard. It's only happened once. Yeah, I mean, he's just on fire, man. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Whole package. I think uh, having Barry in his corner well, has, has been a, a great thing as well. Barry was thrashing away. Good old Bartholomew. Uh, yeah. He made a post the other day, too. That's kind of, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? He did tell me something, but I don't know if he wants me to repeat it. But uh, he's not sure what's going to happen here with him in Dakota, I think. Really? As, yeah, because he does have a full-time job, right? Right, he he has a full time job, so I think. Uh, I mean, it's obvious. I, I look in my personal opinion, since Barry's been involved with Dakota Fan, 
he's been a better driver. He's won more races. He's yep. in eight scale. He's got over that. You know, Dakota fans really fast in qualifying, but he can't finish a main. Well, he's finishing mains. He's your back-to-back mm-hmm. uh, buggy champion. He was, he's won him and Mayfield traded like him and Mayfield won everything last year between them. He's won what he won. He won PMB. He won SIC. He won this, you know, He's going to divisions next week to receive Gord and Leon. You know what? Whose pits have not been? I think that their pits aren't as fast as they used to be because the Tesla used to be so fast. Yeah, but uh, not as fast as we can do. It. And here's and here's here's Ryan Mayfield. So a lot of people are like, oh, the techno is this and that. I think like anybody else, I, I I think this is we're seeing when they say these guys can drive anything. Well, they, I think that the chassis is more detrimental. Having a perfect car and perfect chassis is more detrimental than anything for these top guys because Mayfield's taking a little time to get comfortable. He's older than what he was when he switched over to Mugen as well. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's not going to get it, but he even said, Yeah, we're still working on the car. We got some things we got to get set right with the car. And we're just putting our heads on to work. Not happy. Obviously, he's not happy with that second, though. He was on uh, Mugen forever. Yeah. You know, um, bad time. JQ car died. Um, I was so comfortable in that car. You know, I was on it for three and a half years or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was the same car. Um, I was winning races that I probably shouldn't have won, but I was just that, you know, I was super, super comfortable with it. And when, you know, whenever I have to go to a new car, it's going to be something totally different. You know, mm-hmm. the Mayfield spent on Mugen. You couldn't throw a scenario at him. That he doesn't know how to approach, you know. I agree. Now, this techno, it's totally different. He's got what a year and a half on it or something like that. No, um, no, okay. not that long. He just switched over this year, remember? Was it this year? Yeah, oh, yeah. So got got six, six months. Six months. Yeah. I mean, he's got some working to do, and you know, given about another year, he'll be just as prime as I'm he not was. Worried. I'm not likely. But this guy here, right? He's not get one thing that's happening is that he has one thing that that Mayfield can't get, and that's youth. Right. Yeah. Well, so Dakota is definitely in his prime right now. mm -hmm. He's got a hell of a team surrounding him. Um, It's actually one of the notes I got, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's got, he's got Barry. He's got Mike Suntag as his pit man. Barry is mechanic. Maybe, you know, whatever happens in the future. I don't know. But uh, you got Thomas Tran as his uh, chassis team manager. Got, uh, Jason Rona is his tire manager. Jason mm-hmm. Rona or one of his people are all up in everything, everywhere with their drivers. You know, mm-hmm. they are there mm-hmm. to support. There's, there's nobody in the tire business that has support like J concepts. I agree with you. I'm not a J concept guy, but I pay attention to this stuff. And when it comes to support, those guys are second to none. Those guys mm-hmm. are at every big race and they are helping their drivers. And they're just not helping just that one top driver. They're helping their drivers, which is a lot of them. Um, and Dakota, he is surrounded by a hell of a team. You know, he's got Brent at a lot of the races with the, you know, engine support. He's got a good package. Does, good team, good package. Does, does teams really make it that much of a difference when you got a huge team surrounding one of the best drivers in the world. <clears throat> Isn't it going to be a little harder when you only have maybe one pit guy to help you when you're trying to beat the best people in the world with the best teams around them? If you look at team associated with Rivkin, 
and all of his sponsors. He's got a hell of a team surrounding him with Team Associate and his tire sponsors and everything, all of his engines, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Mayfield. Same huge, thing. A huge team surrounding him. He's got these very specific people to do very specific things. Dakota, same way. Now, look at Tebow. He had his dad there this weekend. Nothing wrong with that, but that's that's his team that surrounded him. Uh, look at uh, Ryan Cavallari. No, just his dad. Same exact thing. He had his dad there. Um, Camden Lime. Yeah, we had. He had some people surrounding him, kind of, sort of. But when it was time for him to go from truck to buggy, he had to go marshal his truck race as opposed to getting his buggy ready to qualify oh, to really? the main event. Well, no, because I went out there and, and relieved him because I was sitting there thinking in my head, how is this guy going to make a main? When he's out there marshalling, we should mm-hmm. be preparing himself to make a main event. You know what I'm saying? So teams, like make the, a difference. when it comes to the top, the top creme de la creme, those teams make a difference, man. Uh, Ryan Lutz, he usually has you know a, some one guy with him or whatever, but you tend to see Ryan Lutz. He's just kind of usually under a tent somewhere doing his thing. He probably has got a, a pit man. But he's doing everything where, you know, Dakota can focus on maybe specific things in between races, but not have to do everything to make it happen or worry about his tire choices. A lot of decisions are probably being made for him, not because he doesn't, he, you know, because he can't make it himself. It's just because that's what's the team. It, it takes it takes almost an army to win one of these national titles um, because there's a few people out there that do have armies that surround them. And As he proceeds to lap the field with 47 seconds, he's he's already lapping the field. He's already it's only 47 minutes down, you know, or left. So it's only been about 13 minutes. But 100, percent man, you can see the difference. Uh, we saw, like, I just I just remember at least Tebow had three or four guys to bounce uh, some ideas off, and they had people like people marched him, marshaled for him. But I look, I just kept looking over, and this is no, this is no fault to WRC. I know that very small team. He's just over there. He has nobody. Nobody. To even. He has his dad, and then he has no. That's it. Like he yeah. has nobody to bounce ideas off. I know that my buddy Born RC came up and helped him and turned Marshall for him a couple, like on Saturday and Sunday. But that that really, from a guy that's used to having that, right? He's used to. He's his whole career. He's had such a big team around him. So it, it, it makes a difference, man. And it, these guys just have to kind of show up and race sometimes and just tell them what they want and whatnot. And it goes to show when you ain't got that, it's going to be very much harder for you to do that. Very hard. All right. Um. So anyway, the Dakota fan goes back to back. Excellent uh, race for him. Obviously, he wanted to go. He wanted to go the sweep, do the sweep. But that wasn't in the in the mix for him. Let's see who else who had a good one. Uh, Ryan Mayfield second. I think he's happy with that. Maybe not. Okay, maybe he's not happy with that, but I think that was the best he could do at at this race. Rivkin fighting all the way back home, coming from third. Jared Tebow. I would say fourth is a really good uh, thing for Tebow. He, he said, "This is what he said. He goes, I have seventeen national titles. I don't need no more." Uh, so I thought I liked that answer. Mason Fuller uh, not having the best weekend, but salvaging a fifth. Jared Wiggins in six, Brandon Rose seventh. I'm sure he would probably want to be up in that top five or closer, 
But hey, I think that's a good result for him. Cole Ogden. So I had high hopes for Cole going into this. He looked very fast in the beginning of the of the weekend. But I think I heard someone say that like 15 minutes in is like, I think my tire his tires are not. I think the firms are gonna come through. So uh, he I think he struggled with those things. Yeah, yeah. The compounds having the heart, right? Compounds. Uh Seth Van Dalen, ninth, probably wants a little better than that. Spencer Heckert, I think, is happy with a tenth. I think he did pretty well. I think that's good for Hackett. Joe Bornhorst, probably not. Joe had a very, 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 very quiet. He's had a very quiet last couple of races. Yeah, uh, makes you wonder. What's going, yeah. on with, what's going on with Joe? I mean, he came well, out guns came out last year when he had his, you know, fresh off his new S-Works deal. Uh, he, he's always in the mix, you know. Um, he's always pretty much makes majority of the mains. Um, yeah, but he's not having like he had a year last year. Yeah, last year he had a very good year. Makes makes it, is it a confidence thing? You know, the confidence is so much in this sport. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it just takes that one thing to know. Hey, yeah, I am just as fast, if not faster, than these guys. But if you keep just getting seven, eight, nine, or whatever, mm-hmm. right, just keeps chipping at your soul, and all of a sudden your soul's got a big old hole in it, and you don't know how to replace it. I, I agree with you. What is it? No, no, just makes you wonder, right? You know, because huh? it's not like he's not fast or talented. He's got everything it, it takes. It's just these guys are just super fast. Yeah, it's, it's like very Cole hard. Ogden. Cole Ogden, kind of the same thing, man. He's always there, just chipping at it, but he never really pulls off that big win, you know. Yeah, and these guys aren't getting younger; they're getting older, right? Right. Um, confidence. It's great you say that, like because. <clears throat> That's the only thing that these guys have, right? Mental strength. Mental. You can't, like, yes, I think we can do physical things to train our eye and eye coordination and help us focus. But it's not like any other sport where you can go, I'm going to go lift weights and get faster and get stronger. No, it's all mental, mental in this. And go in and they're not confident. I mean, I, I saw it with Tebow, you know, he, he wasn't even going to call. I keep coming back to Tebow because it's kind of what I was closest to. You can see he wasn't going to come to this race. He was bummed after he had a shitty fucking um, Silver State by his standards. He wasn't even going to come to this race. But I think that confident he was he was kind of good. That confidence from the TQ and Grand Tour of Truck carried on to the rest of his races. And people coming up, coming, you know, complimenting him or just shaking his hand like, hey, man, this is your last Nationals. Have fun. And I think that really boosts him. Confidence is the one thing that these guys have and mental fortitude that they have to keep right? right and it's so hard to do that things like physical stuff you know you could go out there and you do physical stuff but to be mentally strong it's, it's super hard right no doubt um, okay yeah i don't know how these guys do it honestly me so neither, much on the line me neither um <laughs> but congratulations to this guys uh, i do want to touch on one more thing because we did we did have a junior final it was just an exhibition uh and we have to show them some love but Jonah Wilson, like I get, they had a 15-minute final. Jonah Wilson won this. He he's, he's I think this this young man has incredible potential if he sticks it out. This was his first nationals, by the way. First time going over to the West Coast. So that was good for him. We saw Andrew Bucamp, who is from the Pacific Northwest. He finished second. Uh Little Bump and third. Little Bump had some, he didn't even finish, but he had some issues right off the bat. So, nope. I mean, everybody thought he was going to win this. It was going to be him or Aiden. Cole Chura, who's Kaden. from British Columbia. Excuse me? Caden. Sorry. Caden. Sorry. Sorry, Caden. I actually <laughs> call Mason Caden, too. Aiden Horn wasn't in the uh, under. 
No, 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 but he had a really good interview at the end of the. Of I heard, I, you know, I didn't get to watch any of of the broadcast. I'm trying to go back a little bit, a little bit by bit to just see, mm-hmm. you know, what the broadcast was like. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see who all you had interviewed. I, so far, I've watched the one interview you had with um, uh, Jason Rona uh, when he was in the booth. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I'd like to go and just kind of see. We didn't get too many in people there. in the booth, but no? we did interviews after. That's it. Uh, also. Uh, shout out to Cultura, who's 14, made a trip down from BC. Colin Beaver, Bryce Beaver's son. Copa Phillips, Chad Phillips' son. Uh, Benny Comarian is actually Ophir's son. Ezra, so these are like Ezra Otondo, his dad, Philip Otondo, super fast, right? Back in the day. And he's from up the North Coast, TLR racer for a long time. They run um, <clears throat> hot lap, uh, hot laps, hot <laughs> HB. Little Marco Nopari. So Team Mark, that's the guys who had that big. Pit over oh, yeah, there, yeah. T Mark, dude. Super nice people. Like they, I, I sat there with. Yeah, them they gave first. us a bunch of beer. Yeah, at the end because they couldn't take it with them. They're like, here, take a bunch of beer. Hey, the the guy has swamp. <laughs> definitely North NorCal. They had swamp coolers there, keeping people cool. You needed to go in there and see that guy's trailer, dude. He has the best trailer for RC I've ever seen. Well, from the outside, that's an eighty thousand dollar trailer, dude. That guy has so he has a wall full of Mugen parts. He has. Individual, he has like four different protect, the biggest, baddest protect charges on there. Yeah, nice guy, trailers. Mark and his wife. Those are high-end nice. trailers that he, get, that he has. He has Very two of them. High-end. He has two right here. Good money. Make yeah, he, uh, money. Body, he has body, body, uh, auto body shops. So very yeah. nice. Very nice guy. Uh, Caden Fuller, who had issues, finished at, um, and... In tenth, uh, Drake McCarroy, Wyatt Wilson, Jackson Wilson, Will Whitworth. I say this because we have to uh, really push the youth, right? And we have to show them some love. I really wish this wasn't an exhibition race. I wish this was more of a like, yeah, I'm a, it is a title, but maybe give it a little bit more prestige. Maybe not as prestigious as the actual Raw Nationals, but hey, I'm a junior, you know, make it prestigious. Maybe even a longer fifteen minute, give it a thirty minute final, let them run. But the, the, it's so different, right? Because the age disparity, like the talent disparities, is so different yeah. in between them going on. You got some guys that might make the A main mm-hmm. or the main, whatever, uh, that are in under 15. And then you got some guys that are really good regional drivers under 15. Right. It's just kind of real big umbrella there. I agree with you. I agree with you. Congratulations to those guys. Congratulations to Dakota Fenn, Mayfield, all the podium finish, all the races that came out and did the nationals to roar to uh, a main for uh, Kevin Jellick for putting on such a great event, all the teams that came out. I really, so tell me Lucas, uh, what's your opinion on your first nationals? Do you think this is one of these prestigious races that we need? Do you think uh, being a national champion is a big thing? No, I mean, I thought, I always thought it is, but. Well, yes. So when you win a national championship, you can Mm -hmm. claim a national champion, you know, Mm -hmm. you win a big race. Just won that race, and no one, no one remembers. Mm-hmm. Most people do remember who won the national championship. Um, if not, they can look it up pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But go look up who won uh, DNC in twenty fourteen. You know, like I can't remember. I'm not saying that that race isn't prestigious, right? <laughs> no, it is. It's I'm very not, prestigious. I'm just saying, like the nationals has a different a worlds and the nationals is is it's different from every other race. Mm-hmm. Um, it's brutal. I didn't race. I didn't do a whole lot of anything except just shoot video. Um, but those are really, really long days. Lots of track time um, to come out on top or in the top 
15 or 12, 13, whatever made it to the A main. That was a huge accomplishment. Whether you come in last place in the A main or you won, um, making it to that point is very, very difficult. It it's really hard to explain unless you can just experience it. Well, um, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I have my I have my theory on that. Well, so to me, it it looked really brutal. I personally have no drive to participate in something like that. Uh, it, that's not for, for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's that is for guys who are take it very serious and are ready to do whatever it takes to, to, to get better. Not that there weren't some guys that were just enjoying it, mm-hmm. being part of nationals. You know, one of the questions I was asking people is, you know, should you have to qualify to get to nationals? And something that threw me way off was that a lot of people said that, if you if they had to do that, then they'd never get to experience what true. they were doing that weekend. And it kind of threw me for a loop because I never thought about it that way. And it was a really good point. Um so yeah, uh, you know, it's like a touch, that, it's like a it's like, yeah, you wanted to qualify for it, but I it's kind of like the worlds, right? The worlds you have to qualify for. A third of those people would not have been there exactly and, and exactly. gotten to experience what they went through exactly. that week. So it's kind of exactly. cool. Uh, it kind of changed my thought about qualifying. I don't know if we should or shouldn't, but it just made get, gave me a different perspective. Um, and so, yeah, you know, nationals, uh, is, I was always curious about it after experiencing it. Um, I really appreciate that the, what those people go through, mm-hmm. um, to get to that point, um, whether they finish half in the pack or in the mains, it's it's a it's a tough experience and, and you know I, I give credit to anyone who who goes through all that and you know gives it their all to 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 end up where they end up. I agree. So wh- why I like the nationals is it's the one race that we have every year where there's no classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's be the buggy be race kind of like all the rest of the world races. And like if you want to see where you really stand, this is where you call. I call this. The, the heartbreaker race, because so many people come in, yeah, I'm going to make the, uh, you know, you heard people, I want to make top 30, or I want to make top 40 or whatever. And it, it's so hard to do that, right? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, this was a Worlds qualifier, so the top 30 are eligible to go to the Worlds next year. So it had a little bit of added uh, incentive, to, incentive to it. But it is the one race we have. We have all these races, which are fine, these bigger races that have multiple classes, sportsmen, intermediate. That's not going anywhere. But this is the one race that we have it. And I I appreciate that. I think this is, um, uh, I call it the dream shadow. Or this is a a race that puts you in your, you know, you know where you stand at the end of this. And and to be honest, there's probably lots of fast guys that didn't come to this race, right, as well, or didn't worry about coming to this race. But I think it's the one race where we just do that you see where you finish. You you get an copious, opious, copious months of track time, um, and it, it still was a lot of fun at the end of the day. Yeah, a lot of fun, very much yeah. so. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, I think I'm done talking about it because it was just good. Congratulations to the winners. Congratulations to everybody that participated that made it. You did a nationals, right? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. really cool. It's not for everybody. No, it's not. No, it's um, not. I, I, I'd recommend people who are into the sport of, of racing RC cars to check out a national, no matter what form it is, whether mm-hmm. you're racing it or not. It's definitely it'll give you a new perspective on 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 what these guys actually go through. And um, 
You know, one thing that kind of blows me away that I've noticed throughout the years is those guys after a long weekend, whether it's, you know, three day weekend or a five day week, like we had at nationals, when everything's all said and done, those guys that are still up there in the driver's stand when people are packing up and going home, but they're doing driving. Those dudes are maniacs, man. And they're having fun. Freaking maniacs. And those are the guys I really pay attention to. They're the ones that are usually on my radar um, because they're they're all in. I'm like, I just want to go have a good meal. Right. I want to go home, take a shower. Yeah, I'm going to do some more laps. I've only drove this car for the last five days straight. I got to drive it some more. Oh, oh, check the check this out <laughs> probably want to know what they could have done different as well yeah, something but else man great event yeah. also i wanted to shout out to uh troy from a main he got like the news there it was in a newspaper local newspaper there. he got the news like a news center uh-oh whereas i think it's going to get the paper but uh congratulations to them the social media side of things and the promotional side of things was exceptional and Kudos to Troy and all the A-Man guys that came. I saw, like, even, I don't know the other guy's name who does all the videos for A-Man. He was there. And, yeah, I think they have something really good going on there. I don't know where Lucas is going. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom. That's probably where he had to go. Probably had to go to the bathroom. So I'm just going to kill time. So he doesn't say some thank you. Again, I want to say thank you to JV for getting me there. Thank you to uh, Mark Nupari and his wife for making me feel welcome that day. Thank you to my buddy Axel Owen. Shout out to my boy Shane Simmons. Got to see my fellow Bermudian there. Here's Pitt and Drake. Um, the Turners, the Keats. Everybody just came up and said hello to me. Uh, I thank you guys for all of that. Did you, did you have to pee? <laughs> Hell yeah, I was about to explode. Man. Oh yeah, I know that's Jesus. Even. I was moving around. I'm not like, editing oh, that part mm, out. Uh, I thought you went to get something <laughs> secret and I was like, oh, he had to pee. No, I Lucas, one of those before the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, so... Go ahead. You know, finishing, I, I, did, finishing I, I did get to uh, experience California in its in its full extent. So I went to the, one of those favorite little shops they had there. It was awesome. pretty cool. I dig First it. time. <laughs> First time. <laughs> Lifelong dream. Legal. So Legal. You do, as in Rome, do there, as the Romans do. I went do. to a retail shop and just got to buy some product. It was really satisfying. <laughs> Can't say I haven't done that myself. <laughs> Uh, it was good to see you. Good to see Brent. Uh, good to see everybody once again. And man, I this is my my third nationals. I got to call it. It was truly an honor. And thank you to everybody that made that possible. That's all I can say. That's all yeah. I can say. And um, yeah, so we have suggested so that we have the e-buggy race coming up this weekend. We have the vision trace coming up the following weekend. We have the e-nets coming out. I would love to see the e-nets get enough entries as well. That's coming up mid-July. I'll be at Wicked Weekend at the end of July. I think you'll be there as well. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, okay. I'll be there. And then, of course, we have Brent's race coming up mid-August, the RC Pro-Am. not sure if I'm going to be there. It's a possibility. Yeah, I'm going to be actually from July to the end of the year. It looks like I'm going to be at a race every month and maybe some two, maybe two or three races back-to-back. So blessings for me, and I'm super pumped about that. And of course, none of that was po- would be possible without people like you and everybody that support me here at the podcast and help this regular Joe guy live his RC dream. <laughs> so I appreciate it. And um, <clears throat> once again, thank you to Live RC for the for the opportunity. It was great. And um, thank you for Scotty. Even Scotty sent me some uh, in the chat some words of encouragement as he is over there in the Netherlands. Lucas, I think that's it. 
I think that was a great recap. Thank you for coming on. I look forward to your documentary. I know it's going to take a while. Don't yeah. rush it. My goal take is I, I want to have it out before Wicked Weekend. That's my goal. That is that is not a very long time. That's, that's about two months. months. Well, that's less than about a month and a half. Yeah. Um, yep. That's a good goal. I think I Speaking can do of it. documentaries, uh, Corey Drakenberg actually reached out to me because he was watching. No way. Yeah. So Wait, I'm going to have him on. You sure it was the real one? Yeah, it was it was fifty one fifty. Okay. So he he's gonna come on. I think I'm gonna have him on as a guest, and <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. Like he he made these documentaries for yeah. many many years, right? He's the uh, you know he's my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone's been racing RC off roads, probably watch those things. I've watched them like fifteen times. Um, yeah, uh, it's funny. Brent Brent was like, yeah, we're gonna get Corey Drachenberg on, or I'm gonna try to get him on the podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. He's like, yeah, you know, he's like a customer or whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, that's the wrong one. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's two. There's two. There's one from Canada. There's one from the Texas. There's the right. one from Canada is the real one, right? Yeah, right. And I was so, like, yeah. yeah, no, that's not that's not the <laughs> that's, that's not the one. I wish it was. No, yeah, totally. Like, I, I'm you sure he would be open on. for He reached it. out to you. You need to get him on. Make him your next guest. Make I am. I think he is. Happen. I think he has a lot to tell because he's seen well, a lot. I would love to hear it. Yeah, he's got all kinds of inf- inside stuff that oh, he I never know. posted on videos, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I think that's going to be our next guest. Oh, yeah. Luke, I'm Lucas, all about it. I look forward to your, your next video. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for coming on. It was a great chat with you. I was like, yeah, I got to do this with Lucas because he's better. And he, he was able to see. And I, I enjoy our recaps. I think we do a good job of them. I think people enjoy it as well. And um, oh, don't forget, Wheel and Trigger is going to be live on Monday. With Chase and Brent, they're going to uh, do a recap of the Nats as well. Of course, that's going to be probably awesome. because you got a video the... of his voiceover that you can play no. right now? No, I don't. You haven't seen it? No. You don't even oh, know about oh, it? Oh, Chase's voiceover? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. Truggy orgies and all that stuff. That was hilarious. <laughs> Come on, you should be playing that shit right now. Oh man, man I forgot all about it. But that was so by, funny. Bro. That was so funny. Yeah, Chase is hey, Chase is funny as fuck, but that dude yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, and thank you to everybody that I, I met and came up and I, I had a blast. The RC track is my happy place, and I don't think I ever get tired of being there. The only thing I get tired of being I I know it's a it's, I have to be in the booth, right? But it's not you don't get out and about and around people as much. Once you that's why I took the I think it was the Thursday to just chill and be out and be around and absorb all the atmosphere and all that stuff because I knew I was going to be stuck in the dungeon. But that's that's what it takes, right? You gotta, yeah. I want to be there. I so. get tired of the track. <laughs> yeah, and it was also a nice place to get <laughs> away from to everything, too. I'm ready. It was go. nice. Yeah. All right, Lucas. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you, everybody, for all the continued support. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Shout out to the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do this without you guys. Thank you. Continue to hit that sub, like, Button also on Lucas's channel, Beach RC, as well. Hit that button and look forward to his documentary. Thank you to the NNRC patrons and YouTube members. If you wish to be one, you can join. It's a link in the written description. And thank you to these awesome companies that support us. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sampadal USA, Sai, One of Your Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Racecraft USA. Uh, shout out to Carl RC, WRCE, House of RC, and good luck to our drivers, David Ronafalk and Robert Badier. Uh, at the Euros, which is going to be very good this weekend. We have coverage of that on RC Racing TV. That starts today when this releases. And um, thank you guys for that. And Lucas, you're making me thirsty. I think I'm going to want to have a beer. Thank you for your time. I had to get off the Anheuser-Busch. 
I was feeling like I had to start painting my fingernails and wearing panties. <laughs> so I got Tim out, I got out the ice house. Bush ice had to go. Ice oh. house. Tim Lime hasn't hasn't given up his Bud Light. That's for sure. No, he didn't. And, and when <laughs> I was there, I was drinking all of his Bud Lights. And I swear to God, I, I thought I was growing a vagina. Hey, I tell you what. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, <laughs> um, Will Smith gave me some really good bit. That bear that he gave me or whatever, he always has some strange bear. It was good. It was also good to see Will, and I got to see his son. Man, his son is huge. His son for two is years. freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, that kid speak so well for a two-year-old he's got so many expressions on his face he's some he's got himself a little genius there i'm pretty sure well if he's anything like science mode will then he's definitely smart super gotta be smart. gotta be super smart yeah yep all right well thank you guys for everything remember enjoy have a good weekend this weekend if you're traveling to a race be safe uh remember be a great rc ambassador rc is awesome and let's help grow rc we're all responsible for that nitrous the glory E-Buggy pays the bills if you ain't grinding and sliding. Lefty and Lucas were out. See you guys later. That's it. Peace.